You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Good morning, Perth. Welcome to 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Show. You've got the trainee back in the driving chair. <laughs> My name is Hugh Best. Joining me today is the greatest wing lady in the world, Penny Tanner-Hoth. Good morning, Penny. Cool. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Hugh. How are you? I'm super awesome. Lots happening in football. And as oh, yeah. always, with uh, the COVID word somewhere in the oh. football environment, things are changing. <laughs> things are changing. Things are changing all the time. Expect the got... unexpected, right? Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, so uh, today's lineup we've got uh, the Perth Glory superfan, Matt Stacey, on. He will tell us about his long distance love affair with the club and how <laughs> he's actually had to endure that one, like the rest of us. Uh, Tony Sage, we've got the owner himself to come on to tell us about his um, journey through COVID. Journey through through this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to mention the C word, but it will be mentioned more than twice on the on the show. Um, after that, we've got the new president from Perth Soccer Club because when I go SC. Penny says it sounds like FC. <laughs> That's me with English as my first language, being a, a butcher of that language. So Perth Soccer Club's new uh, president, Jason Morocchi, he's going to tell us all things about uh, the club there at the moment, their w- women's program, the possibility, and it's still a possibility, of them becoming a women's World Cup uh, training hub. And lastly, on the show, we will have David Wally, who will be talking all things uh, about the uh, Dave Wally goalkeeping uh, school. And in between there, if things go bang, and let's face it, with the trainee in the chair, things are likely to go bang. We've got uh, Dan Evans, yeah, who's on his way up to Geraldton at Road the moment. Road trip. Hmm? Road trip. Road trip. Road yep. trip. So we've got him as backup because, yeah, road trips, particularly when you use a soccer road trip, uh, you and I have both been on a few of those, um, they're not really the most ideal 
place for a uh, telephone conversation. Yep. And also being that we're in Australia and country Australia more than uh, more than most, the internet telephone connections are sometimes a bit iffy. But uh, if needed and uh, where we can, we will have a chat to to them and see how they're going on. Penny. Yep. Any any particular news you want to start with? Uh, well, I'll, I'll first of all say a, a big thanks to everyone who lands on our World Football pages, the new website and the Facebook pages and comments. Peter Wright, noted, mate. Yeah, right. yeah good on you, Pete. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was me. Uh, and those that uh, don't know about that, um, yeah, um, Adelaide United, uh, not Adelaide City, as I know, because I've got my Adelaide City shirt and they used to be the powerhouse. Yes, he was clearly having a dig at me. I got it, Peter, dude, all right? Okay, and uh, a big thank you to Futsal WA and Greg Farrell, who comes on the show and talks everything Futsal and Northern Redbacks now, Perth Red Stars. With us and yep. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron and Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Thanks uh, to everyone who becomes a member of the station as well and helps us as volunteers keep the studio time and keep talking football. We do appreciate it. Lots of football to always talk about. So as far as I'm concerned, we'll always be here talking football until whenever. Nothing will stop the train, Hugh. Yep, that's right. I'm just trying to tee up. Um, we were some... Um I'll keep talking football if you want. Yeah, that, that's good, right, thanks. I can do that, no probs. It's uh, Female Football Week has just concluded uh, right across Australia and we have had some awards given out, so uh, Coach of the Year. And if you attended the Girls' Day out, I think it was last Sunday, right, Yep. Uh, there was a panel of discussion for women's mm. footballers. Michaela Lyons was yeah, there, was Becky Petrowski. There's a good YouTube uh, clip about that one. That was, that was sensational. Yeah. We, we were trying to get uh, uh, Sarah Deplise uh, on to talk about the Football West female football program, but unfortunately she's got some... Uh, so, not here in, in yeah, Perth at the not, moment. She's, she's, not in, she's not in the country, yep. so that'll be later. So congratulations to all the award winners in the Female Football Week Awards. Um, the, NP, <coughs> excuse me, the NPL Junior Fixtures are out. The season starts, um, I think it's Sunday the 3rd of April. There's, mm. Just keep your eye open yep. with Football West, messages and memos that are coming through. It's not just the junior fixtures that may be subject to change. If COVID might mean yep. different things that have to be managed. And if you have cases of COVID and you have to, you know, forfeit a game or postpone a game. I'm sure there's lots of things that Football West have got to take in hand and that's going to affect fixtures happening midweek, um, different times across the weekend and probably have congestion at some point. But, uh, yeah, just keep an eye on that. The night series grand final is tonight for NPL and we'll certainly have a chat about that with Jason Morocchi, the president of Perth Soccer Club. Uh, DT38 told us to not forget Dylan Tombidi's 28th birthday. That was this week. Um, yeah. Dylan, who's a Perth lad, uh, West Ham yeah. lad. You can see his statue outside of the yeah. Perth Glory Stadium. Yep. Um, and that so being said, uh, good news uh, that we saw during the week, um, hashtag DH7. Uh, Danny's um, is going through his rehabilitation and, and the prognosis there is looking looking better than it ever has Excellent. done. So that, that, that's good news there. And what I was trying to tee up, um, we had some sad news from... Um, from Olympic Kingsway during the week after training last Wednesday, their amateur captain, uh, Pete Jarvie, was diagnosed with leukaemia. The Oof. lads are doing all they can to raise some money to support Pete, his wife and his three young girls as they face this huge battle. Anyone that played against Pete knows he's a competitor and one of the nicest blokes around. And if anyone can support, please donate uh, if you can. So there'll be a, an auction or a raffle that will come a, around uh, fairly soon. There's a GoFundMe page. 
Uh, you can find that as well. It's Help Pete with his leukemia battle on GoFundMe. Uh, created four days ago, so you know every every bit helps. You know, we're, we're a football family, and and anything that that hurts a football family hurts everyone. And it's good that we're talking about it, Hugh. Mm. So well done for bringing that up. And um, a reminder too that in last week's game against uh, Northern Redbacks, Perth Red Stars, uh, the Mum FC um, Golden Boot. Uh, Tia Stonehill was Tia. injured. Yeah. Yep. And um, she's, I think she's just come out of hospital. I think. What did she do? She um, did so a collision with the goalkeeper. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, I didn't see exactly what happened, right. and they didn't stream the game, so it's. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of comment about it, but it was very bad. Um, uh, so she's got spinal injuries from that. Wow. Yep. So that's it's a big thing, and Crikey. so our thoughts go out to Tia. Um, man, she's been. Um, getting a lot of comments on the Mum FC page there. So last night, um, the Women's Night Series game against Balcatta, unfortunately, Mum lost that game. Uh, congratulations to Balcatta. But uh, I know that hurt <laughs> to say. that one. That hurt to say, oh, my God. <laughs> but uh, your thoughts go out to Tia and her whole family. Yeah. They'll be supporting her there. So there's a, a lot happening. Um, crazy weather has been affecting so many things right across Australia. It has meant that NPL games will be refixtured. It means that A-League games will be refixtured uh, because of flooding and everything that has been happening across Australia in the last 12 months, fires and all this kind of amazing stuff. And, of course, what's happening with, uh, you know, the the war in in Ukraine. Mm. Um, how is that going to affect the wider football with sanctions? You know, Chelsea, we've got well, an you know, owner in Australia of the Sydney FC. We'll have to talk to Tony yep, about that. Like maybe. you, I was listening to a podcast on the way in uh, to the station today, and FIFA love FIFA. We just lo- oh, I can't even say that twice. FIFA have uh, allowed foreign players who are registered with Russian clubs to l- suspend their contract and leave the country now. One would have thought that if FIFA were that uh, critical of Russia, maybe a, uh, a major tournament a couple of years ago wouldn't have been awarded. Oh, I mean, bought, awarded, bought, paid for. Come on, Hugh. Come on, Hugh. Oh. That, next, it'll be the, uh, the, the World Cup at the end of this year, which, oh, no, no, it's going to be in the middle of the year. No, no, no. We, all, we, we in Australia always knew when that World Cup was going to be held because it would be the same time frame that they held the Asian Cup, which was... For us, that was uh, January, February. So it was always going to be around that time. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, we, we made sure it'll be in the traditional time slot. No, it won't. Come but on, FIFA. Anyway, at least they've been proactive in that one and showing a bit pressure. of leadership for a change. Yeah. Ooh, there's my flag of FIFA again. Uh, whew, that, that was, whew. okay, so. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> FIFA. I, I wonder how this is going to affect such things as, well, with Chelsea, for example. Yep. Sam Kerr, our beloved Sam Kerr, yep. is signed by Chelsea. That's right. I wonder how the finances of the club are going to go, whether we'll see her back at Perth Glory. Well, mm. again, the the... the, the Women's Super League in England is, you know, you see these big clubs in there, but, I mean, Manchester United, to use them as an example, they were so slow to get their women's uh, program up and about that they had to join, because they were invited to join the league when it was first being formed, and they went, eh, not really, and they had to start at the bottom of the tiers. They had to go second division and work their way through. So, unfortunately, there are some major leagues and countries around the world that still have women's football on the back burner. Yeah, not as Luckily enough, we're not one of them. Uh, but that could be down to the Matildas and the success that they traditionally have. We won't talk about the Asian Cup again. No. Uh. So I think that covers everything that uh, <laughs> I'd like to put out there. At yeah. the moment, there's a lot happening in football. Um, 
in the international and the local space because of uh, natural disasters and pandemics yep. and wow. Yep. I think if everything could affect football at the moment, you it's doing it. Yep. No, and I, I, I some some random trivia news. Um, those that know me know that I'm a, a an Australian World Cup Subudio representative, and I play solo international solo Subudio league. My uh, game this week was Bali United versus ATK Mohan Bagon. Those that are going, what the? Well, we all know where Bali is. ATK Mohan Bagon play in the Indian Super League. And here's the trivia. Hold on to your hats. Roy Krishna and the often forgotten David Williams both play for Mohan Bagon. Do you remember David Williams? Socceroos striker. It was an absolute superstar. He was he was touted to be the next Mark Viduka. What kind of era are we talking about? Tell me. We're still playing, so we're talking our David era. Williams. Yeah, he, he, well, I think his last um, Socceroos appearance was maybe about six, six, eight years ago. Yeah, he he had a, a fairly stellar career. He went over to. Um, to Sweden, he played over there and, and, and was was touted as one one of the great. I think he came through the uh, the Melbourne City setup okay. uh, before the money bags took them over, uh, and I think it might have been around about the same time because they got a bit of money from him by uh, getting a transfer to Europe. Anyway, that 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 surprised me. Just for those out there, they're going, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. But yeah, yeah, Roy Krishna. I, I thought he'd actually retired, but no, he's in the Indian Super League. I've just Googled David Williams and it comes up as OBE, professionally, David Williams, an English comedian, actor, writer and television personality. Not no, that no, one. No, 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 no. You've got David Walliams. Walliams. Williams. David Williams. Okay. Soccer player. Yeah. So David Walliams is from Little Britain. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah that's who came there. up first. It's almost like me with the spelling there, Pete. Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> Wikipedia picked him up. Born 26th February 1988. Australian professional footballer. Plays yep. as a forward for Indian Super League club ATK Mohan Bagan. That's right. There you go. Yep. Good job, Hugh. Subudio. Nice. Teaches you everything about uh, soccer that you need to know. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> oh, well, that's enough of the banter. We're going to get uh, superfan Stacey on the line and hopefully I can get the buttons to work as they should. So stick with us. You're with Penn and Hugh on the World Football Program, 107.9 FM, Radio Fremantle. Which button do I press again, Penn? It's that one, isn't it? Okay, let's go. And and the red one's over there. What red one? (laughs) What have I done wrong now? Hang on. Did I did? Play all. Oh, that's what I haven't done. Thanks, Pen. Greatest wing lady in the business. Let's try that one again. I'll turn that one off and press that button there and go right. 107.9 FM, your local station. 107.9 FM. Oh, don't relax. I want elbows and backs. I want to see everybody from behind. Oswest Fencing and Rotine is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Time. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Get up, you good-for-nothing lazy. 
morning, beautiful. Oh, didn't you forget something? And don't forget the trash! You're listening to the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Join myself, Penny Tannerhoe, Pete Skeller, Sean Kelly and Hugh Best every Saturday morning in the 10am to noon space. You will hear football conversations with a range of guests and gurus. The show lands as a podcast on our website and you can subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening in to the World Football Programme. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to the World Football Program. Joining us on the line now is Matthew Stacey. Good morning, Matt. How are you today? Very good, especially as it's game day. Game day. Game day. You've got to love that, hey? How did you find it last week? You know, did you remember where you needed to sit? Yeah, <laughs> mine was the normal spot. Yeah, you was in the normal God. spot. <laughs> I think there was plenty of spaces to choose a normal spot. Yeah, at, at yeah last but th- I'm right behind the coach's bench. Yes, nice. yes, we know that, uh, and, and those that uh, that know Matthew will know that uh, he is very easy to spot. Matt, are you uh, are you rocking that onesie? Are you? I mean, I saw it on Facebook. <laughs> What's going on there? Yeah, what, that onesie, it's a holiday suit, should I say. <laughs> it's a holiday suit. <laughs> right. Yeah, a wine shirt and shorts. Well, that's good for the weather today. Yeah, I won't be wearing that today. No? I'm a bit, yeah. yeah. I always do something different. You do. I would like to know who's your tailor, Matt. I mean, because you don't see those kind of suits anywhere in the shops. Where do you get your suits from? Uh, that one was online. Wow, someone actually put it up there on a shop. I'm impressed. No, not that. The, the design from last week, I got sent away for it to get done, sent the logos off somewhere and got them done. Well, I'm going to have to find your tailor, Matt. I'm Serious looking for fan. a Sabudio uh, yeah. shirt, and I'm having trouble finding a, you know, cost-effective uh, supplier. So if they can make something as nice as that, I might get one for me. Yeah, you just contact Matt. Yeah. Mm. So, Matt, yeah, I'll, got... message. I'll message you. <laughs> yeah, good on you, mate. Now, we've got you on to have a chat about uh, your long-distance love affair this season. How have you found it, mate? I'm actually, it's, I, funny enough, I think the boys have done really well. Mm-hmm. I know they've been criticised a lot. But considering how they've been living, they've not done too badly with all the with all the problems they've had. Yeah, they've actually not done too badly talking to the boys. They found it really hard. Oh yes, um, living yeah. out of a suitcase. Uh, um, we've seen a, a few things that they've. You know, they're actually putting pallets onto planes because they've. they've you know, everything, including the kitchen sink, is with them. What well, was with them, um, Matt? Have you found that the coverage on uh, on Ten and Paramount? I was having a chat to Penn off air before we started, and I, I find it to be oh, I won't use the word I use, but prob- problematic. Wanting, yeah, wanting is oh, a good, good phrase. I don't have too bad a coverage of Paramount because I get to watch it through Apple TV, through okay. my iPad, and stream it to my TV, and the coverage isn't too bad. 
It's actually my deal is the com- the covering they use at Perth Oval or at HBF Park, where I sit. Mm-hmm. They've got that um, big camera. We block blocks the goal plus members view of the shed goal. Is it right? Because of they, yeah, because they don't have a sit down camera like Fox, but. The funny thing is, in November, I had a go go at the producers and that. They promised that they were going to get one in last week. Same yeah. camera back. So yeah. they don't care. They don't care about the bachelor people at the stadium. Well, yeah, you'd like to. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, the good news is there's plenty of space to move to a different seat, perhaps, Matt. Yeah, at the moment. You, yeah but you can't move when you're in a spot. No. No, uh, it, 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 it's a traditional spot. Yeah, it's like, oh, I, I, oh, I see you. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's you, the fan spot. P- it's the place to be. But, but that's a that's a little disappointing that you're paying um, premium pricing for limited viewing. Yeah. Okay. There, there are ways around it, but it is it is annoying, especially when we were promised cameras, and even Glory were promised the sit down camera. Mm-hmm. Now we've got uh, Glory at the moment um, sitting eleventh, but they've only played the thirteen games, so they're thirteen games, twelve points. They've got uh, four games uh, in hand over the lead leaders, Melbourne City, who are at the moment run away. Well, I won't say run away because Western United are up there with them on thirty-two points. But if Glory get the maximum points from those games in hand, that would put them into the finals contention. Do you, yeah. Can you see that happening? Yes, well, now we've got our home games, mm-hmm. and I think we've only got potentially only one away game as well out of this series. So we're actually going to do really well, being that they're not going to be having to live out of a suitcase. Last week's result, I think, came more the fact that the boys had came, come home on Thursday, pretty much back with their family and yep. having a short training turn, turnover. So their mindset most probably wasn't straight, even though it should have been, but I think it was more back that they had family time and everything. So Yeah, that's a fair call. Now, uh, we're playing Bling FC. You've got, got, got a prediction there, like 15, 16 nil? What, what do you reckon? We need the goal uh, difference. Uh, no, just another win. Just another like win. Like, like, like we did this season <laughs> in Sydney, we beat Sydney. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, yeah, and and people, you know, as much the uh, the eastern states media. Uh, uh, yeah, slightly critical of, of the glory. They they tend to forget those sorts of results. It's like you know, living out of a box. We beat Bling FC on Bling FC home ground. Yeah, and that. Sydney um, without one of their key players, Elvis, is out this week. He's injured. (laughs) They haven't even released the team list there. Matt, how do do you know that? When did he get hurt? Was that last week? Uh, Yeah, I think it might have been the Asia in the game they played in the week. Oh, the Asian Cup one. Yeah. Yeah, he's out. I can't remember exactly what he's done, but he's out for quite a few weeks. Now... that I follow the other clubs as well yeah. on their social media so I can who we're playing and that. Yep. Well, again, as I always say, you need a program to know who you're yelling at, so, you know, there's no point going, hey, you, number nine, you're 
Oh, no, no, you can you call them by their name. They turn around and go, who's that? He must know. No, oh, damn, it's Matt Stacey. He's giving me our time again. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, I'm hope, and I'm hoping that with this, even though the shed's shut, but that's no problem, I'm hoping Gloria have taken my advice. You might be able to ask Sage after right. when you think. I had suggested to them to make it more attractive, put a load of banners up, glory banners up in the shed. Well, I thought... Um, oh. there's, there's no shed happening at the fixture tonight. No, because there's no standing room, is there? No. No, you, yes, no. so that yeah. won't be... Uh, that's a good call, though. Um, we've seen that with particularly the, the MLS, and I often on this program say, why is the A-Leagues not anywhere near the standard or the popularity or, or the exposure that the MLS has because that should be the league that we're, uh, we'd be taking our lessons from because they often have um, fan-active zones where they, they, they will, the club will produce those sorts of huge flags and banners. I mean, Seattle FC bring a guy in with a chainsaw, so every time they score, he cuts a, a, a disc off a log. And you think, that's the sort of entertainment and, again, American razzmatazz that you get that is lacking in our particular brand at the moment. 1996, the MLS started. Yeah, I know. Yeah, just, just after so the World Cup. It's, yeah. a, it's a pretty young league, just like us. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, 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 but what we, we fail to, to recognise is the history of football in this country that, yeah, the MLS started, they, they started 1996. They had the, um, the nazzle, which died a very, very painful death. That was in the 70s and, and was basically over by 1982, 80, I think. Um, and they had a good 10-year hiatus of nothing. Now, we had the National Soccer League yep. um, and you know, all sorts of various incarnations that continued on. We had that short break between the two leagues uh, for, you know, just... Change over political reasons, for, for one of a better phrase. Yeah. So we've been around for since well, the late mid to mid to late seventies as a viable product, but we still are lacking behind what a lot of other countries are are putting forward that, that we should be we should be next to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you, you speak to Simon Hill anytime, and he'll definitely agree with that. Why haven't we made the progress that we should? But how are you benchmarking what the progress in the A-League should be? Is it crowds? Is it quality players? Ability to attract quality players, Matt? Is it consistent competitions regardless of what happens in the environment around them? I mean, how do you benchmark what a quality league is? Well, obviously, well, one thing is the match day experience. Yeah. Could be better. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like you see, not. I know things cost money, but money brings in people to stadiums. If you have a bit of pre-match entertainment before the actual game kick off. Oh, bring back um, they, Steve Armstrong. Oh, well, something. To Glory Gorilla, come on now. I want to see him parachute uh, down again. <laughs> I do like the Western Force do every game. What do they do, Matt? They have different people. Different like, performance groups come and do performances actually on the ground and everything mm. before the game. Well, this is true enough. Maybe they've got a bit more money in the coffers to be able to present that. Yeah, mm. potentially. But I know going by people who were near me and all that, they do agree that we need the entertainment value back. 
And yeah. now it's not on box and everything. They should be able to deal with the investors they've got who've got in the league. These American investors should be able to fork out the money we need for entertainment value. You're talking right across the league there. It's a, it's a yes, tough, right, tough right thing right at the across. moment. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you. If you're going to invest your money and your family is going to attend an experience together, you want something that the whole family is going to enjoy together. And how do you put that into the sport or the passion or the event that you that you all want to go to? You have to attract it for the kids, the adults, the mum, the dad, the man, the woman. Um, you know, how is that? Is it a concert? Is it having a merchandise store? Is it having good coffee? Is it having good quality football? Is it having players on the park that you recognise that have come up through the local leagues and that you've seen grow and become good footballers and then they go into your state representative team or your A-League team? Or is it imports that you recognise from some other country in the world that you know are really good players and you want to see them on the park? And there's all these things that go into a match yeah. day experience. Well, there you go. I've just solved the problem. Yeah. We just need money to do it. And, <laughs> and another thing you can ask those I'll be listening in, mm -hmm. find out about the game on the 26th of January... I'm getting word the club's trying to change it to a home game that I think is... 26th of January? Which game are you talking about there, Matt? The 26th of um, March. March. Yeah, because yeah. when you said we only got one more away game, I'm thinking, oh, well, I thought there, thought there was another couple there, but OK, no worries. Well, I've just got confirmation that Mr Sage is available. OK, so, great. as much as I hate doing this to any of our yes, guests... I'll let you go. Yeah. Well, you, you, I know you're going to be listening. and We've got some questions that we will uh, ask uh, um, Tony on your behalf. Uh, we thank you every time that you join us on this show, Matthew, that your insight and passion for the glory is unmatched by anybody else in this state, I think. Well, apart from <laughs> our next guest, obviously, because he's, uh, he's going to his wallet more than a few times to, to, <laughs> to express that passion. Yep, good on you. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Okay. Matt, Bye. thank see you ya. very much. You have a good day. We'll see you down at the game, hey? Yep, good one. Matt's gone. Brilliant. Matt's gone. <laughs> wow, she's normally been hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Woo. All right. All right. Well, as I say, we've got uh, – uh, I'm going to do the, uh, the the telephone bit again for uh, Tony Sage, so stay with us on 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Coming up after the break will be Tony Sage – and he will be telling us exactly what's going on there. So stick with us. You're with Hugh and Penn. And away we go. Press those buttons in the right order. 107.9 FM, your local station. 107.9 Hi, I'm Peter Skeeler. Everyone seems to think I'm the ultimate wingman and full of helpful information. It's true, I am. My passion is trivia and Australian football statistics. Check out aleaguestats.com, my website where you can follow all the stats and results from the men's and women's A-leagues from the beginning of time, or at least 2005 and 2008 respectively. You're listening in to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle and we appreciate you tuning in.
Southwest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install, or automate your gates, offer electronic security, or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. We aren't just the people who mow your lawn. We aren't just the people who paint your houses. We aren't just office workers or taxi drivers or even the family next door. Underneath it all, we are fans. No matter when, no matter where, we'll be there. There you go. No guts, no glory. Chelsea Dagger there. On the line now joining us is Mr. Tony Sage, the proud owner of Perth Glory. Good morning, Tony. How are you today? I'm very good, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, Tony, it is always our pleasure. We love having you on and we really do appreciate you giving up your valuable time, particularly on match day. Yeah, busy day today. Very yeah, I can busy. well imagine. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions I was going to lead on, into on the, was... On the morning of the day, they ring up for tickets. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was going to ask you what your regular match day routine would be. Obviously, it's well, not uh, talking to uh, us. <laughs> answering messages like that, yeah. Oh, have you got any tickets uh, today? you got any tickets today? Yeah. <laughs> Go to the gate. <laughs> Go to the gate. Um, one of the other questions I, I uh, was going to, to put to you was... Um, with with that in mind, there are still the uh, availability of buying tickets at the gate with the yeah. uh, the current situation that we're in? Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, we had uh, it out with the government, mm-hmm. and uh, as you know, Venues West run it, so yeah, there will be tickets at the gate. Brilliant. Is there any entry requirements that uh, fans uh, and uh, um, members need to be aware of? Yeah, just the, the, the regular COVID restrictions, which you've got to show your um, pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you've been uh, vaxxed and uh, also wearing a mask unless you're eating or drinking. And that's wearing the mask uh, during the game as well, yes? Yeah, yeah, unless you're eating or drinking. Most people just, you know, especially <laughs> the guys <laughs> at the shed have always got a beer in their hand. So, <laughs> yeah, look, we, we, we had a, a good uh, test last week. Uh, it's unfortunate, again, that they wouldn't listen to our uh, request to the, have the shed open because you're not allowed to stand, obviously, yeah. with uh, drink or food. But, you know, they, they were quite uh, quite good, the security. And I think, as you would have seen if you went to the ground last week, a lot of the people were, were standing. Mm. When, yeah. you, when you say they, are you meaning state government? Yeah, state government. Yeah, okay. It's so, their requirements. Yeah, that, that's made it tough all round now for, um, well, the night series, local night series finals yep. are underway yep. and they've got to manage through that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, no, it's very difficult. And, uh, you know, I think next week will be... A huge test as well. We don't really talk about the other sports, but uh, you know when Optus has uh, uh, got the fifty percent restrictions, when all the corporate areas are a hundred percent. So yeah. you know it's 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 uh, it's a difficult one. I just don't understand the logic. Uh, no one can explain me the logic, but the rules are the rules, and we are there to abide by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's not talk logic. We had the uh, <laughs> was it the Australia Day weekend? 
that we it was open on the foreshore. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure that one's going to go ahead. And there was there didn't seem to be any repercussions from nope. that, and that was a massive event. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah, well, now with the borders open anyway. Uh, Tony, some of the, um, the the other issues I've, I've, I've got for you, we, we were discussing with uh, Matt Stacey just before you came on air with us, uh, the, the, the Channel 10 Paramount deal. H- how are you finding that as an owner? Uh, look, uh, uh, too many problems. <laughs> uh, um, it has been difficult. It's, uh, when I try and log in, when I'm not uh, mm-hmm. in Perth or in my home, it's been difficult. Yep. Uh, the actual coverage uh, I'm not uh, happy with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they've got a lot of inexperienced people there, not not necessarily the commentary team, but, you know, behind the scenes, when you want to see a replay of an uh, attempt at goal, for example, yep. um, you know, that's got so much technology today. I mean, you compare that to the EPL coverage uh, on another channel, yes. <laughs> another streaming service, it, it's it's completely different, but... I do remember when I first uh, logged in to watch uh, the World Cup, uh, there was so many problems, and in the end I had to watch it on SBS, remember? That's right. So, you know, it's their first time doing it. It's going to get better uh, week by week, and hopefully uh, by next season, when we're completely uninterrupted by COVID, cross fingers, um, it will be a change. But, yeah, very frustrating and uh, not up to the standard that we have become used to. Yeah, no, exactly right. I was look. Um, it was through YouTube, but I was going uh, to well, was watching the restream of the Adelaide United Perth Glory game from uh, January the first, and they didn't. The commentators didn't even go through the the, the team listing. They didn't. There was no um, um, TV caption of the player the listing, list, yeah. and I thought, well, can, can you at least tell us who's playing it? As they're going down the, the players, it's like, okay, I need to know who that player is rather than you telling me by putting it on the screen, whether they're in their positions or just in, a, in the, the player lineup. I thought, come on now. That, I mean, that's a basic to, to know who's playing. Yeah, As we were saying correct. to Matt, you, know, who, you don't know who you can yell at if you don't know who, who's on the field. <laughs> yeah, correct. And if you go back to a mini, where I watched a mm-hmm. mini, of the, the Melbourne City game, yep. the first six minutes of the 23-minute mini was them in the uh, the race and getting onto the pitch. That's six right. minutes of that. Uh, I mean, who... And that's what I mean. They've got no experience whatsoever in editing or production, and that's what's got to change. Yes. Yep. No, good point. I'm sure you echo the thoughts of, well, particularly Penn and myself in, in the studio and most uh, football fans around the country that... Um, we deserve better. We we had better, and maybe that's that's our uh, expectations not not being met, or whether you know the, the as you say that the, the coverage and the production values from yeah, the company providing. It, it should be better. Mm. Uh, Fox had uh, no more than six cameras. Yep. They've got twelve now, but they don't use all twelve, now, which is the problem. Yeah, no, well, don't, being... don't worry. I mean, our owners' meetings we have once a fortnight and. I reckon 20% of it is on this subject. Good, So good. all we can do is push yep. uh, Paramount and CBS to get better. They have improved, uh, but they've got a long way to go. Mm. Now, I wasn't sure whether you were listening to Matt Stacey's comments beforehand, but he was talking about in the, uh, the gold section where he sits, there's a, an upright camera that blocks his, uh, his view partially. So he's paying um, gold membership for a limited viewing. He has sent uh, notification of that issue to 10 and Paramount, who said they would fix the problem. Uh, That was on the the, the first first game at Glory, and he rocked up last week, and the issue was still the same. 
Yeah, well, let's uh, let's see if what they do today. I mean, uh, I think Matt, uh, a, a passionate supporter of ours, he should come to the club because the club then can. Oh, make okay. it. I mean, lots of fans uh, obviously make requests, and uh, I, I don't know if they're taken seriously. But if it comes through the club, they will be taken seriously. Exactly right. Yes. Now, that being said. Uh, Sorry, Penn's got a hand up, so go for it, Penn. Yeah, Tony, it's been a, a tough time for you with managing COVID, and we've talked about it a lot, but are there ongoing repercussions? Crowds are down right across the leagues. Yeah. On average, of um, there was a couple of 14,000 uh, yeah. attendants to um, some of the matches across the A-League, but generally one to 2,000, 2,500 has been the attendance, and that's got to hurt the bottom pocket, I mean, Perth Glory have been away from home. Yeah. They've had to pull up a whole heap of uh, players at times because of um, contacts and, and sickness and, and so forth. H- how are you seeing things? Oh, look, it's extremely difficult, but I'm heartened by one fact. I mean, Big Bash was down 57%. The Test match, uh, even at the MCG, was down. So I think Australians generally uh, are wary about big public openings. It'll be very interesting to see uh, the AFL uh, I noticed that they've reduced, uh, they were expecting 90,000 for that big opener. Uh, they've now reduced that to 70. Yeah. Now, that's huge yeah. for AFL opening game to be not in the 90s. That's the big Carlton Richmond. So they've made every game next week uh, a big blockbuster, but they've actually toned down their, yeah. their crowd numbers. So, yeah, the Australian psyche has definitely changed. Uh, a lot more people, because they were forced to watch it on television, Mm-hmm. Um, because they were forced to last year and the year before. So how many of those go back? They still might buy their membership, but how many will go back? So it's going to be very mm-hmm. interesting uh, to see what happens um, in, in that particular code and the NRL as well before we can make any rash judgments on, on the A-League. But very, very um, concerned as, as owners. Uh, we're getting more money <laughs> because of the, the, the TV deal, but atmosphere counts for for everything in oh, our game and we, we, we want it and that's why it's so difficult um, for us to you know cop a 9,000 cap I think we got yeah. seven eight last week uh, out of nine which isn't bad uh, because they restrict the amount of tickets you can sell because we've got 7,000 members so mm-hmm. obviously a couple of thousand members didn't turn up but they don't allow for that so that's uh-huh. another difficult issue that we've got with uh, state government but crowds I think across the board in any sport across Australia has changed and hopefully that psyche uh, starts to disappear and people want to go to the games again. Yeah, and sorry, the crowds that I quoted before were across the A-League women, mm-hmm. not the men. So there between two and 3,000 seems to have been the average and then uh, I think the West Sydney Wanderers uh, Sydney game was about 14,000. So po- post-COVID, uh, Tony, do you, when you talk to your post-COVID, owners... Turn it up. <laughs> uh, well, there's got to be a time, right? I mean, we at the so. moment we're in, in management phase. So post-COVID, we want to attract everyone back to watch games. We want to have a good match day experience. We want good quality football. Is that part of your conversations with the owners that, you know, we've got to do something now that's going to keep mm. people engaged so that we, they don't completely disconnect? So when everything is done, they all come back and it's what we expect. Yeah, that's the number one priority. Um the, 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 more, more so than fixing the, the television coverage is, is getting people to come to the games. And like I said, it's all about psyche. Uh, governments right across Australia and across the world scared people so much yeah. about COVID. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to get that fear away from going into crowded spaces. And yes. we're going to be affected more so now than Melbourne and Sydney because they've gone through their, their rough patch. And uh, I was in Melbourne um, 
Uh, and that game in Melbourne, we only had 4,500. But mm. you've got to remember there was no game scheduled. So it was all of a sudden it popped in yeah. on, a, on a Wednesday night in between. So Melbourne City were absolutely furious that that happened. They didn't want the game. We didn't want the game. But just to fit in the schedule um, and to stop us having another big road trip, mm. um, it, it was put on. So that game you can be excused. But virtually every game now is a catch-up game. So you get your schedule at the beginning of the season if you're Newcastle. They haven't been able to play on their pitch for three weeks, same with Brisbane, yep. because of the floods, right? Yep. So it is difficult. This season not only has been racked by COVID, but the floods have really yes. had an effect, and that's why I wish the, the CCM game, which was supposed to be, is now put on a Tuesday, which we definitely asked for no week games for the first two or three weeks, but we've got one now, and that's because of uh, something that's happened, uh, a natural disaster. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't expect more than two, 3,000 on, on Tuesday, which, again, we will lose money. But yeah. we're forced to play it, but we understand the reasons that the APL have made us play that game on sure. a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Yep. Now, Matt, uh, again, brought up a, a, a interesting question. The round 20 fixture, uh, Perth Glory need to play against Wellington Phoenix, is listed as a Wellington home game. Is there a possibility that could be played in Perth? Yeah, yeah. Look, we've put in a request. Wellington haven't got a home ground at the yeah, moment. Right. They abandoned yeah. abandoned Wollongong yep. uh, for the time being. They can't go home yet. Nope. So uh, they, we've asked to, for it to be switched. It saves us again doing a, a fly over there and fly back again, interrupting our season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wellington haven't travelled at all, basically. <laughs> yeah, I right. think they did a trip to Adelaide and one to Melbourne. So they... they, they uh, their team can can do it. So we put in the request. Let's hope it's a reverse fixture and we get a home game back. Would there be any, um, what well, we're sort of late in the season now, there won't be any repercussions next season that there could be two no. games in Wellington because of no. this? No, oh, that's good. That's excellent. Wellington are doing okay. They're sitting in the top six at the moment. They are, yeah, but again, we've got games in hand. Yeah, um, yeah well, that was a big, uh, big loss last year. Uh, Weekend. I mean, uh, we dominated play. Yeah. Oh. When you dominate play, you've got to score. I mean, I know he made two fantastic saves, their goalkeeper, but still, um, you know, the the the, the uh, mood in the rooms afterwards. That's one that got away. Definitely at home. I mean, there's a few that got away just when we we're away, but mm-hmm. that one should definitely have been. So Adelaide, um, you know, the two games we should have had a win. The first one uh, yep. with the Fornaroli goal disallowed <laughs> because he was offside. We was offside by about a millimetre <laughs> and uh, this one where we had plenty of chances and we didn't uh, yeah. we didn't do it so that's uh, that's uh, do, yeah, do not start me up on the VAR to attack, uh, yeah well VAR yeah. again that's not under our control no. there's one thing that when we took over the league uh, the um, FA stood firm yeah. and they look after all refereeing and all VAR so that's their ambit and that's why James Johnson had to come out strong against that uh, referee that made those two blatant errors. Uh, one was, what, six or seven minutes uh, to rule on one. Yeah. Uh, so he got dropped for a thing. But that's their purvy. We can bitch about it and complain about it, but, again, we can't control it because that's an FA um, issue. Yeah, I know, yeah. and it, it, it really is, well, particularly for yourself, there's Tony, a blight on the game. Owner, that, you know, there's, there's six points that, yeah. that have... Mm-hmm for reasons outside of, well, mostly outside of our control, have have just disappeared because, whoops, sorry. That ball was so- definitely out against Western United. Oh, that's I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a point, right? Yeah, that's that's right. one point. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it, look, we've been hard done by by VAR this year, and I can add it up. It, it's really four points 
but that four points would put us in seventh and, you know, two games in hand. Yep. So the, the message has got to be with all the fixturing changes, keep your eye on the Perth Glory website or yeah. the, um, yeah, definitely, I was going to say the uh, FA website, but just keep your eye on the Perth Glory website for fixture changes um, or our World Football page, they're always put up on there. Um, Tony, positives out of the season. Got some? Fan- fantastic, our women's team. Yep. All the pain that they had to endure, oh, yeah. the hardship. A couple of people may have lost their jobs because they had to stay over there. We had wow. three school kids that couldn't... Uh, do year 12 at the beginning because they were away because we've got some youngsters in our squad. But for them to do what they did, and I just rue that day and I watched the whole game when we were 3-1 up against Newcastle Mm -hmm. uh, and and we lost two points, right? If those two points, and that was the only game that we completely dominated, but um, two, I think, uh, set pieces, I think they were both corners, uh, let us down and Mm -hmm. let the women down. But still fantastic from coming from no wins last year to be equal with Melbourne victory on points at fourth spot. And I think the way the girls were going, they could have uh, yep, uh, got game. into that final. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah I sort of went with that uh, that 4-0 loss. It, it, you know, and that was probably the arguably the worst performance that uh, the women put in all season. And it, had that been less than four... Yeah. You know, then puts puts pressure on the on, on the top four. Uh, never mind that. So that's, that's a huge upside. We re-signed Alex. He he did a fantastic yeah. job with the uh, with the girls, and uh, you know I, I paid tribute at the first chairman's function. The first thing I did was uh, that, and I wanted to do it publicly as well. Excellent. But, uh, that that's the highlight. Even though they didn't quite make it, and but that gives them the hunger for next season. Mm-hmm. And that noise you hear in the background—that's me crossing out that question because I was going to ask about that because he's he, he's certainly been a breath of fresh air. The, the style of play and the uh, the youngsters he's bringing through is exactly the reason you you brought him in. I would imagine. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm. So can we? throw in about what's happening on world football at the moment and the effects on the football environment here. Oh, go on. You yeah, had that let, question earlier. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, the sanctions being put on uh, Russia at the moment, um, just the implications filtering down through to Australia, Tony, and, and if there's any effect you know, on our local football. You were mentioning the Sydney FC ownership model. That's right, yeah. Yeah, well, look, uh, I've got to declare a conflict of interest. I'm sort of friends with Roman. Um, I've met him quite a few times. The only reason Chelsea came over is because of our friendship. I did a mining deal with him back in 2009. Wow. Uh, uh, Good guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I agree 100% with the sanctions that have been imposed. Uh, uh, I've got a mine and I had to uh, evacuate two of my employees out of Ukraine uh, two weeks ago, uh, expats. We weren't allowed to take our Ukrainian Mm -hmm. um, staff. But that was just a whole pile of pain. We had to. Yeah, I just don't want to go into the logistics no, of it all. No, of course all. not. But you know what what uh, what that country has done to another country. So I believe in 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 the sanctions, hundred uh, percent. I'm I'm glad that um, Poland don't now have to play Russia in the World Cup, and glad they're out. Same with their um, uh, European commitments. So so that's good. But uh, you know, with with Roman himself, uh, I don't know what he's going to do now. They can't sell tickets. They can't sell merchandise. Um, yeah, uh, Sam Kerr is at uh, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's sad because uh, he's been a fantastic owner. I think in eighteen or nineteen years he's won thirteen titles. Yeah, yep. Uh, like I said, he's a good bloke. Uh, the, the, you know, just one on one. I've met him a few times. Uh, been in the box at Chelsea a couple of times. So yeah, uh, but you know, rules are rules. No one should uh, expand it. And you mentioned Sydney FC. I think they put out a statement that. Um, 
uh, David, who owns, uh, relinquished his um, ownership a couple of years ago. So I believe uh, what the Sydney FC chairman says. So if that's the case, that's the case. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But, okay. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's a difficult one, especially when you know people yes. uh, personally. But, um, you know, the, the madness has got to stop. The, the, those troops have got to get out and the country should be able to rule itself. Yeah, I was, I was listening to a podcast uh, about this and we were talking about, or they were talking about um, Chelsea and how many titles they've won and yeah. the amazing group of players that have come in under Rahman and, and the amount of money that's been put in so that the, those kind of things can be facilitated. And then they were talking about uh, PSG in France and how a lot of money has been put into that club, but the same culture is not evident and the same amount of um, I don't know, international trophies is certainly not the same and it's down to the culture and that made me think of under Rahman how things have gone with Chelsea. They've gone well. He, he's done a good job and it's been a, a steady, solid ship as far as you know the world can see, I think. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, it's a fair comment. Uh, like I said, I, admire, I admired uh, the way he uh, ran the club and uh, you know, uh, one of his mottos is once he puts in a manager... Uh, same with me, that he won't interfere, and if they don't do the job, he sacks them. So he sacked, <laughs> I think, six or seven in that time, and some of them were successful. I mean, Mourinho was successful, and he sacked him twice, I think. Um, <laughs> That's right, so, he did. So, <laughs> so, 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 no, so the, 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 the formula is do not interfere. So I put Richie now in charge, um, and I don't interfere. I don't tell him to bring players in. It all comes to me. The only one I approve or disapprove of is the Marquis. And if Richie at the end of the season doesn't perform well, under his guidance, if I'd interfered, told him to play this player and do that, and some owners do that, believe it or not. Some owners still these days do interfere in the football department. I don't, and I know Roman didn't, other than the manager. Yeah, not a recipe for success. I agree. Out of that conversation in the podcast was an interesting term I'd never heard before called ego whisperer, and they were talking about all the different personalities the playing personalities that go into some clubs and how it's a recipe for disaster, not a recipe for success. And they were talking about how a coach can come in yeah. and they can be a, an ego whisperer yeah. and bring it all together. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, um, I think Mourinho had that trait. I mean, he never played at the highest level like a lot of the managers uh, uh, that seem to come through these days, like Steven Gerrard and Lampard, etc., have been champion players. But he came in from a different angle and... Uh, yeah, look, to get the best out of egos on the pitch uh, is extremely difficult, extremely difficult. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think I answered this question before. Have I ever listened to player power? And I did once mm -hmm. only in, in uh, I think I've got rid of maybe six managers in my time. <laughs> um, and that was just once. And, and he was successful. He got us to a grand final in yes. uh, next year's season uh, for some reason. So I had four senior players uh, come see me and um, yeah um, the performances weren't good either on the pitch so that's true enough um, yeah. and, and the fans had completely turned against him but you know I, that was one of the saddest two sad ones one was Kenny Lowe and this one the one I'm talking about now because mm. I admired the guy and uh, he got us to the first grand final I'd been in in the A League and uh, because of player power and like you're saying egos on the pitch um, but I've never ever interfered other than that from players i mean no. I've, I've had many many calls over my 14 years about some players coming to see me direct oh we yep. don't like this and we don't like that i no, said deal with it yeah it's always the way it's uh, um 
not a good uh, model where the uh, the tail wags the dog rather than the dog wagging the tail. Yeah. Tony, on a different subject, the um, the second division still doesn't uh, go away and it still doesn't uh, move forward. Do you have any uh, inside information on where that's at at the moment? Look, uh, in my opinion, it's only mine, uh, it won't go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. There's no way, and I'm not being disrespectful to Perth Italia or Sterling, that they can leap from spending yeah. probably $1 million a year uh, to keep their company. I don't even think it's that. Yeah. I think it's about yeah. 600 or 700 um, to go to running a club. My expenses are $11 million a year, yeah. and uh, I'm not the most expensive. There's three clubs over 15. Wow. Uh, there's one over close to 20 to yeah. run a, an A-League club. Now, how do you go from 600 to that? It's just beyond me that they can think that they can do that. TV will not cover it. Um, at the moment, the viewership on the A-League is, uh, is not high. Right? Yeah. So how is it going to you get viewership on, a, on a, um, a league underneath that will have promotion rele- relegation? So yeah. for the foreseeable future, until that gap narrows, until these other clubs can get to a budget of 2 or $3 million and improve their level... I just don't think it, it can happen financially. Mm-hmm. Forget uh, anything else, just financially. And I know how difficult it is to run my club. Oh, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. And look at Newcastle. You yeah. know, it's gone broke mm-hmm. since the A League era four times. That's right. Yeah, and one club yep, four Central times. Central Coast not in the greatest financial position either. Mm. No, uh, Adelaide twice. Yeah. Um, no more Gold Coast. So that's for another reason. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> because of Clive. But uh, remember North Queensland. That's right, we did. Yep, yeah. North Queensland right. Fury. Yeah. So, so how can a club at, at that level compete when the salary cap goes from, I think it's 75 at the moment in our state league mm-hmm. for the top clubs? How can that go from 75 to almost 3 million in, in one hit? You T- know, Tony, do you think that Football Australia should step in because it's a FIFA requirement we have a second tier of football. We haven't yet got there. We're talking about it still. Do you think for the good of the game that we should have some assistance from somewhere to achieve that? Well, you, you need it. You, you need, uh, I reckon it cost us probably $40 million a year to run the A-League with 12 clubs. Right. So and someone needs to put in about $40 million. <laughs> That's to run it. That's travel, accommodation, staff. To run, okay. So it'll ours is called the uh, A leagues, whatever yes. you want to call the second division, National Premier League. I, I don't know what they'll call it, but just say it's that. So to to do it, especially if it's national, a couple of teams from Perth, a couple from Adelaide, etc., etc. It's a budget of around forty million. Now, yeah. where's that forty million going to come from? If it comes from FIFA, fantastic. But that's what it will cost <laughs> yeah. to run the league, travel, accommodation, mm. advertising. Uh, getting Stadia up to date. Now we'll uh, say it's say it's Sterling. Will the TV company allow cameras at Sterling, or they have to play at HBF? HBF yeah, right. Mm, yeah. If they play at HBF, it's a hundred and ten grand a game. Yep. Well, we saw and that. Will with, they um, get? You, you... Will they get? My minimum is twelve thousand. Will they get twelve thousand? Yep. That's the that's the issues that we're talking about. If um, if you have TV coverage and they can play in their own suburban grounds, that's fantastic. That's a huge saving. It's about one million a year for each club mm-hmm. uh, if they can do that. Um, but you know, I, I, I just think a lot of money needs to be spent on infrastructure. Uh, I, I'm one of the owners that say, look, we let's play in. We can play in boutique five to seven thousand seat stadiums, right? So you get your hardcore fans there, 
Um, and if you've got, say, a Sydney FC where you can fit 15 and move it to HBF. Yep. Right? But have a, so some of these, but you need all seated, you need corporate areas and all, and all that. And that's money, that's infrastructure. And I don't think any of the local clubs, not only here in Perth that I know about, but also in Melbourne, Adelaide, uh, Brisbane and Sydney just won't, can't afford that sort of stuff. So it, uh, for my personal opinion, it's a long way off. If money is thrown at it, it needs to be done in different areas uh, and infrastructure is one for Stadia because no of those clubs can play in the big stadiums with the crowd support that they've got. What about increasing at grassroots level community football by another... I don't know how many players are registered across Australia this year, wouldn't have a clue um, if they all... Increased registration, or oh, football Australia did it by five bucks a, a player, and put that oh, money into again, a big kit. Pen, not again, Pen. Not again. I'm just. It's, I I believe that it's already too expensive for grassroots uh, uh, youth level because of those is. registration fees. It so, is. I mean, some clubs in mm. Sydney is now two and a half to three thousand yeah. to put a kid through Sydney yeah, wow. Olympic or. And, and right, are, and I think in WA the average is about twelve hundred. Yeah, I was going to say there's a few clubs in uh, in 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 Perth in, in that, male that, that, football yeah, maybe that, that are you know four figures to to have little Johnny play for that particular club. And it's like yeah, so that, how, how's, that, how's that going to be? And then you say to to, to the parent of, of little Johnny or little Joan, uh, by the way, can you stump up some more to help prop up a league that you know a a international body has said you must have but won't fund. Yeah. Mm. Look, it's a, it's a very difficult question. And, and to be completely blunt, if the AFL wants a, a league underneath their league, I don't even think that would work. No, they've tried right? that a couple of times, a, haven't they? Yeah, and that's, a, that's a, the most popular TV yeah. sport, right? It's not the most popular participation. We, we eclipse them by over a million that's and right. a half, yeah. right? But for TV, so I don't even think they can do it. Because geographically... Because of stadium, That's right. you can't have. Um, I mean, I've been to a game at Optus uh, when there's uh, no crowd or very little crowd. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just just no atmosphere. Yeah. It's, uh, two million the is the figure, Tony. Two million. So I don't want to yeah. dent your pen, but I, it's just very, very difficult for real financial reasons yeah. and infrastructure reasons. And until those are, are sorted, so I, I think we're ten years away. Uh, from it happening, uh, no matter what James Johnson tries to keep yeah. on saying and keep on keeping it alive. Yeah. And I think that's more about politics uh, to keep the clubs happy that he's still pushing. But in reality, it, it's not something. And FIFA understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we had meetings, when we tried to oust to Frank Lowe, we were successful in the end. Uh, that was one of the big reasons. Us, us uh, US um, and a couple of other sure. countries have got exemptions. Uh, for a period of time. So they're not going to force us to do it uh, until uh, the A-League become um, financially viable. Mm. And we're very close to doing that. If COVID wasn't this year, it would have been this year. But next year, I think we'll be in, uh, in the black. So two, there's 2 million on average players registered across Australia. So even if you increase the cost, wouldn't cover the budget that you'd suggested in any way, shape or form? No. No, because no. no. no, you're not going to increase the cost by $2 to get that, that, that $4 million. No. And I, that, and I was thinking $5 or $10 saying, I mean, that, 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 That's a minimum. And yeah, but, okay, mm. just go to Which is the most successful club in the last two years? It's been Perth, right? How yep. many members have they got? You know, 800, 1,000, 2,000, who knows? Mm. So that, 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 that's a key part of it as well. You've just got to build up a supporter base. Yep. That's why I think um, 
5,000 to 7,000 boutique stadiums around the country, one or two. Definitely. And I was hoping that the um, the, the state uh, centre would have that, you know, beautiful stadium right in the middle of there, uh, four or 5,000, so all the FFA Queen's Cups Park. can be there, yep. yeah, down there. Um, that's what I was hoping, and I was pushing uh, big time for a 7,000 seats. Yep. Because you'll get that in That's the finals right. and all that. And, and if it's a good venue with lighting and yeah. the pitch is great and right close to the ground, and that could be your springboard for um, for a second-tier exactly. competition. So all games would be played there instead of losing money at HBF Park. That's mm. exactly right. Tony, we really do appreciate it. Time is uh, slipping away from us. We've got uh, Jason Morocchi, uh coming up next. So we'll put a few of those uh, points that you've raised to him uh, with their bid to become a uh, Women's World Cup 23 training hub. But you're right. I mean, as as a popular film used to say, if you build it, they will come. And I've, I've been critical of um, the uh, state football uh, plan. You know, it should have been 10,000 minimum. Yeah, look, uh, if they had 10,000, a beautiful stadium, yep. I would quit HBF Park, even mm. though I could miss out on two or three or 4,000 yep. fans from coming. Yep. To have a great atmosphere. Yeah. A full house uh, is a full house. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and a full house, and that would be my dream. Uh, it, the owners now will allow it. It, it, it. Under the FA, it wasn't allowed. You needed a 15,000-seat yes. stadium to, to play. Uh, but I'm definitely going to be keep pushing, pushing, and pushing Excellent. that agenda. As we know you will, Tony, you've always got uh, Perth Glory and football uh, at the forefront of uh, your passion. We, we love you for it. We thank you for it, and we look forward to talking with you again in the future on the World Football Program. Thanks, Tony. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> you Bye. bet. See ya. Bye bye. Tony Sage. Sorry, Tony Sage. There, the uh, proud owner of Perth Glory, and some of the excellent points that he raised there. That certainly. Um, food for a discussion for another program real as always oh exactly right as i say we've uh, got more guests lined up uh, jason Morocchi will be on after the break stick with us you're with pen and hugh on radio Fremantle's the world football program more to come play all. wait a minute play all oh he's got muscle memory here it's not working Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Royal Tine is a fourth generation family business. We also about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Royal Tine. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Joining us now is Jason Morocchi. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Hugh. 
Oh, that's excellent. That I'm, I'm three for three now. That's brilliant. <laughs> How have you been, mate? Yeah, going very well. Um, been out at uh, junior cricket this morning in the uh, in the steamy uh, steamy conditions, <laughs> but um, can't uh, can't complain otherwise. How are things going at Perth Soccer Club? Uh, look, it's a um, it's a really uh, really exciting new era um, for the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, new board, new president, new. Uh, uh, new players, new coach, um, new women's new program, uh, new women's program. Absolutely. So we've got um, you know a new um, a new coach um, heading up the WI, uh, the MPLW team. Um, so really exciting times. Um, obviously, we've had some uh, outstanding news uh, in recent times from FIFA that will be a, a training uh, venue for the Women's World Cup. So really excited about that. Uh, boys are in a night series um, um, final tonight, which is, um, you know, we're extremely proud of. Our uh, MPL W team are playing for birth in a, in a semi-final tonight um, out at Allenbrook. So, um, look, uh, exciting, um, exciting time to, um, to be part of Perth Soccer Club. With those two fixtures in mind, Jason... Will uh, fans be able to go to that, or is it still COVID restricted? Yeah, look, my understanding um, out at Allenbrook is uh, it is um, effectively community sport, so uh, parents and guardians yeah. are able to attend. Um, and my understanding, the the men's night series final, uh, because uh, Bayswater have a grandstand and the like. Um, That's right. Um, they were able to cap uh, tickets or, or, or cap uh, the number of spectators to 500. Um, my understanding is the allocation of, of tickets um, has been exhausted and um, I'd just urge any sort of football fan, if you haven't got a ticket to the ground, don't, don't turn up tonight because you will be um, disappointed and, and turned away. Okay, um, but I it is live-streamed. Um, that's what I was going to say, Penny. Yep. Exactly. I would um, um, set it up. Um, stream it um, from the Football West uh, Facebook, YouTube page, whatever it is, and see if you can hook it up to your big screen and um, in, enjoy the match. Um, should be um, well, two, I think, very entertaining matches, both at state league level and um, an NPL level. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, Dave Kindness from Mum FC has uh, already put through his. Best wishes for the boys. Uh, that's my club, Jason. I know I'm not putting it out there. It's the Mum FC, thrilled for you, okay. And by the way, you've got our uh, Mum FC league winning coach in Pete Rackich there, coaching at Perth FC. So, you know, once you've gone through Mum FC, you're always Mum FC. But uh, congratulations on Pete for landing that. I've not heard that there. before. I thought once you once you're blue, you're always blue. Isn't that right, Jason? Oh, look, um, just on Pete Rackich. Um, Fantastic to have him at our club. Um, he will lead a, a new era for our um, uh, MPLW team. Who I, I've managed to uh, have a look at our first hit out uh, of the night series against. Um, um, we had Curtin, and um, we're playing some really good football. It's really nice to um, see, and uh, very young team as well um, that we put on the park um, that evening, um, and and we're doing the same at. Um, at um, men's level as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at our team that we fielded last uh, Saturday night against Sterling. Um, young. We had the, 
Every, average age, 21.9 wow. years. Average age on the bench, uh, 19.2 years. Mm. We had two 17-year-olds score our goals. Wow. And, um, it, you know, we're, we're really proud of that. Um, we're really well led by our, um, our veterans, um, Jordan DeLeo, um, our captain in particular. And, um, you know, we are, we're really excited about what we are um, the journey we're embarking on, both at men's and, and, and women's level, um, we know, um, given the sort of youth in, in the team, that we'll have some, some ups and downs and there'll be some challenging times along the journey. But, um, you know, Perth Soccer Club has always prided itself on, on player development and, and, and being an export club. Yeah. Um, you go back to the you know, very early days and my uncle... Gary Morocchi sort of playing in the in the National Soccer League, and then yep. we were able to um, you know produce players like um, you know Chris Coyne who who went over um, over to um, um, England, yep. and, and, and Richard Garcia we mm-hmm. we sort of sold to to West Ham and the like, and um, you know we, we're really proud of being an export club. Um, we um, four of our boys. Um, from last year's um, double um, winning team are now playing um, in MPL competitions in Victoria and Sydney and doing very well there. Um, you know, um, Penny mentioned um, you know, people that come through mum uh, are, are, you know, have a connection to that club and, and I think that's, that's, that's fantastic and it's, it's the same at our place too. Like, we want to... Um, you come to Perth Soccer Club, we're going to make a better player and a better person and if Perth Soccer Club is only the, the first or second or third step on, on, on your journey as a, as a player, then, um, you know, we, we are going to be proud if, if that player does go on to another club. Um, as you should be. Local, yeah. domestically, overseas. And, and we'll be, you know, we'll be proud that we've um, played a key role in that, in that player's journey. Not only as a player, but more importantly, I think, as a person, as a per- yeah. we, want, mm. we want people in our game to be positive uh, contributors to our broader community in, in things that they do off the field as well. Exactly right. Now, Jason, being that we're in a, uh, a unique situation worldwide, uh, the Football West COVID um, guidelines, for want of a better phrase, do you see that being problematic or is that something you, you guys can work to? Because any application for a postponement will be reviewed with consideration of additional factor, factors such as, and this is quoting straight from that, uh, from that guideline, additional player injuries, player suspensions, player positions, e.g. goalkeeper, nature of competition and any additional factors. I mean, that is just a fisherman's net with holes in it. I mean, you can drive a bus through some of those uh, holes in that. So what's the frame... What's that the framework for? The COVID uh, guidelines for uh, games to be suspended. Are we talking about postponed? Nice years or going into the season? The whole lot. The whole lot. Really? Yeah. Well, that. Well, it, it doesn't. Uh, it, well, that's why it says the nature of the competition. So we've seen uh, with the night series. Um, Swan United was yeah, one. Yeah. Where, where it was just yeah. cancelled. Oh, and Subiaco, and they, that's because of time management. That's so right. Yeah. In the women's night series yeah. on Friday night, yeah. Subiaco forfeited due to COVID contacts. Correct. And Northern Redbacks won three nil. Mm-hmm. By the way, Mum lost three nil to. Bath you should have had a COVID uh, situation there. You could have. But uh, do you see any? Any issues with that? Uh, those guidelines. 
from, from my perspective, a couple of points on yep, that. Go for it. Um, we, well, certainly myself, uh, on behalf of Perth SC, have been asking Football West for some time uh, for some guidelines yep. on um, postponements because um, this year is, is, is going to be extremely challenging, particularly the um, the first few months of the season as mm-hmm. this sort of virus circulates um, uh, through the community. Um, uh, well, speaking on behalf of our club, it is yep. very disappointing yep. on the eve on the start of, on the eve of the start of the season that, that that this comes out. This should have been out two years know, ago. Well, <laughs> at least it year, should have yeah. been out at the start of the year, yeah. at, uh, at the very latest. Yes. Right? And um, hockey WA has, has a had put out something very, very um, comprehensive, mm-hmm. probably two months ago on on how it. Managed yeah, rugby the WA did a similar thing as well. Yep. So um, that's that's my first point. Secondly, I think what has been proposed is 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 workable. Okay. Um, I, I do believe there needs to be some flexibility because um, this, the, these are challenging and, and and sort of unprecedented times. So I think um, having some discretion in there rather than sort of steadfast rules is is, is actually a a good thing. Um, I think you, what I what I was disappointed about too, and 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 look, uh, I, I don't want to get into sort of tits for tats and fights with other clubs. No, but, of course not. Um, but for, for Inglewood United to cancel um, their, or, or forfeit a, a semi final of, of of the night series, mm-hmm. um, I, I just think is, is is an absolute blight on our game. Um, despite the amount of um, people that they've had out for COVID or or, or, or not, um, it, they should have been able either to um, you know postpone that fixture or, or they should have played some of their under twenty players. Yeah, to, to be honest, um, you know even if they even if they copped it, um, you, you need to you need to front up. I think particularly in a in a semi final now. Um, I, I don't know all the circumstances around that decision, so um, perhaps I'm, you know, speaking from an uneducated. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, point I mean, of if you don't have the information, you can't you can't make a full uh, assessment of what's happening. But but, but on yeah. on you know, looking as an outsider on that, for somebody for a club at MPL level, yep, as big as Inglewood, uh, to mm. to for the, the defending champions, yep. to forfeit. A night series semi final, um, I think. I think as a game, it's 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 unacceptable, and things should have been done. Um, Football West should should have said, "No, nah, you, you you must field the team," or they should have worked with the club to to, to um, you know come to some other yeah. arrangement. I mean, I know. The, the fact that, that 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 was a forfeit, I just think, is a real black mark. Yeah. Um, it left questions. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and, and that, that guideline clearly states the elements of competition integrity, in particular, prioritising first team games. Play, I mean, it then goes on to say player safety and minimising the spread of the COVID is, is paramount, obviously. But any club found to be providing false information to justify an application for postponement will face heavy sanctions. Now, like you say, a, a night series semi final, I mean, that to. 
to, to not field a team for that? I mean, how is that, you know, maintaining um, match integrity? Well, maybe it goes to the um, foundations and the pre-season prep of the rest of the no, I mean, teams I'm, in the club. Yeah, again, we, we, we here, and as Jason quite rightly pointed out, we don't have all the information yeah. and, and maybe we'll, we'll get somebody from Inglewood to, uh, to clarify exactly how that situation arose. But uh, it, just from the outside looking in, it... it as I say, uh, and as Jason quite rightly pointed out, it, it doesn't look good. And look, um, you know, Mark Wingle, my, our, our, our head coach, might yes. not like me to say this, but Go on, we then. were in a similar situation to um, to Inglewood, mm-hmm. and we had seven people out of our first team. Um, the club would be telling, would be instructing our coaching staff to either play our twenties or yep. play our eighteens. Yep. I'll tell you what, I'd even field an under sixteen team. Because I'd rather lose a semi-final, you know, five, six, eight, ten nil, than forfeit a game and and mm. and you know do the wrong thing by the game. Um, so that's just a, a a pretty strong view that that's fair enough. On a on a brighter note, the uh, the application we we were going to ask you how that was progressing, but you say that's been approved for. Perth Soccer Club to be a Women's World Cup 23 training hub. How, how uh, proud are you of that? Yeah, look, uh, we got the news a couple of, couple of weeks ago, so we will be one of two um, um, training venues in Western Australia, one of 13 across, across the country. Mm-hmm. So um, we're very proud. Um, it's really exciting, um, really exciting time. The, the, the Women's World Cup is, is going to be... Um, one of the greatest sporting events to hit our to hit our shores. Oh yeah, um, it, it, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a, a festival of football. Um, we're very lucky as a club to be located in the city of Vincent, where we will be a training venue. The, the games will be played basically, you know, stones throw away at, um, at HBS Park. Um, we're working very closely with the city of Vincent and, and the state government to ensure that we, um, you know, have a world class. Um, uh, training facility for the uh, countries that will um, um, utilise our ground um, in the lead up to their uh, matches at, uh, at uh, HBF Park, and um, we're also working um, very closely with, with the city of Vincent and and probably you know down the line um, with FIFA and the organising committee and, and the like because we want to uh, ensure that um, you know FIFA as um, a um, as a, a training venue, a Doran Gardens training venue that we have a, numerous sort of lead up um, uh, community events to really engage the community, get um, not only uh, uh, women uh, and young girls, but um, you know boys and 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 and, and everyone else. Mm. Uh, excited about what is going to be a, a, a fabulous tournament and a real opportunity yep. for us to to promote, um, you know, the greatest game in the world. In the world, with that application being uh, approved, is there any major developments that Perth will need to uh, uh, put in place? We, when we spoke with. Um your uncle Gary uh, last year he was saying that FIFA had some sort of uh, problem with the flats um, adjoining the, the the field because 
people could look in from, from there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's what we're saying. So there <laughs> won't be a a cloth barrier put up there or, or anything no, no, like no, that? No, but the, flats, uh, the, flats, the flats are not a problem. Yeah, um, <laughs> I thought that was a, a little bit funny when we came up with that one. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Gotta give, <laughs> give away some uh, team secrets. <laughs> yeah. Telescope yeah, from the balconies. No. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, the, flat, the, the flats are no issue. Yeah. Um, there, there are certainly some infrastructure upgrades mm-hmm. that we will be required to do our um, our main two change rooms yes. uh, are not female-friendly. No, they're not. So, no. Um, that will be our priority number one. Good. Um, so, you know, um, getting rid of those um, those ugly urinals <laughs> and, and putting in the um, putting in the petitioning um, in the showers and the mm-hmm. like. So yep. uh, that's number one priority. With, with um, that upgrade, will that also include the, the referee's change room as well? Because uh, as an ex-referee, the, um, they, they, oh, they, they could do with some upgrading. We need to ensure that all of our change rooms, yep. um, like like a lot of clubs. Oh, exactly! You're not the Lone Rangers there. That's right. A lot of clubs across the country mm. are, um, you know, embarking on you know conversion uh, um, yeah. programs to ensure that um, all facilities, which particularly the ones that um, were done some time ago, yes. um, that they cater for um, for female footballers. So that's an absolute priority. Um, there is some security. Um, Sort of perimeter security. We're going to probably improve some of our fencing um, around the ground and the, and the line. Right. Um, so there's a bit of that. Um, a, a, a bigger um, driveway to get the bus in. Oh, no, the bus. The, the bus fits. No problem with the, the bus. The bus fits. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, we 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 we've had um, sort of A League and W League teams right. and the like um, get in there pretty easy. Oh, okay. Um, I, tell you what, if I drove the bus, um, the whole the whole wall, front oh wall dear. gets taken out. Oh dear. But, um, you know, um, if you've got a bus driver's ticket, um, you, you obviously know how to um, get in and out of tight places. So that's, that's not an issue. Um, Jason, I've got a question for you about being the hub as a training centre. Does that mean mm. that, let's say, Chile... Uh, uh, are one Chile. of the Chile, sorry, uh, one of the you. teams that decide to <laughs> or, or are allocated to Dorian Gardens. That's where they'll train. Will they play their scratch matches there, and will it be open to the oh, public? Good call. Yeah, Penny. Um, all those details are still sort of being yeah. worked out. Okay. So, so my understanding, uh, and I haven't been, um, I haven't been point with with FIFA at our club. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our other board members has, but my understanding is ourselves and um, the new state football centre are the two training venues for Perth. Yep. Outside of the training venues, um, each of the um, can't, I, I, I'm not exactly sure whether it's 32 teams in the in the World Cup. I, I think it's 32. Um, well, that's in a good the question. next uh, in the next little while, yep. um, there will be probably 50, uh, and and don't quote me exactly on these figures, but it's sort of 50 to 60 sites around Australia. Will go into a, um, will go into a, um, I, I guess a pack to those thirty-two or whatever how many teams it is that have qualified for the cup, mm-hmm. and they will be able to choose where they want to actually base oh, yeah. themselves. Didn't realise that. Yeah, and yes, it is thirty-two teams yeah. for, for the for the tournament. Then what will what will happen is when um, two teams are scheduled to play at HBF Park. One team might be based out of Sydney, one might be based out of Brisbane, say. Yep. They will fly to Perth. One team will use Dorian Gardens 
to prepare for that fixture. The other team will use the State Football Centre okay. to prepare for the fixture. Um, and, um, yeah, then they will, you know, move on to their, their next fixture. Um, my understanding, and I, I, I did a quick glance of the, um, of, of the fixtures at, um, at HBF Park. I think we've got five or six games. I think it's six, isn't it? And, six. And it, and it seems that um, there is one team five. that will play... There is one team that will play two games yeah. in Perth, but they will play... They've been drawn Perth, Sydney, Perth. Right. So I would think there's a very good chance that that team... Yeah, yeah I can may, see yep. ...may choose a Perth base. Yes. Um, but... Um, that's totally to the, of, you know, at the discretion of of, of the um, of the countries that are, uh, are participating in the in the yep. tournament, and um, you know some will, might even base themselves out of New Zealand, obviously, which mm-hmm. we're uh, sharing the tournament with. Um, others will, will will base themselves on the east coast. Yep. I think um, the majority of the the teams will base themselves on the east, and we we may be lucky to. Um, to get one here, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a team here, but yep. um, um, we'll see how we go. But our role, our our, our biggest challenge. Well, it's fantastic that we we've been chosen as a as a site. Absolutely fantastic. We're really proud um, of 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 being um, um, being one of the um, training venues. The biggest challenge for us is that um, for about eight weeks of next season, our um, our venue we will effectively hand over to FIFA. And um, that means no training, no um, no functions, no no home games, nope. uh, and the like. So um, how how is Perth going to be managing that? Because I mean that's a fair few games <laughs> that need to be relocated. Uh, Have you in place a uh, alternative venue for, for that time frame? Oh, look, um, we're working through those um, those issues at the moment and um, having a conversation with the city of Vincent, who've been excellent, yep. and um, we'll we'll work through. Those issues, and 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 we'll liaise with Football West as well. Um, obviously, you know there there are a number of options we could do. We could, you know, move a few of our home games to another venue. We could ask Football West to not fixture home games in that in that period. Oh, okay, yeah, good thought. Um, there's there's a number of um, number of options, but um, yeah, um, it, it it will make life um, extremely challenging for us, particularly training. Um, you know, we're an inner city club, so to get your hands on a piece of grass is, is extremely <laughs> difficult. Um, but um, look, the city of Vincent already got a few ideas in mind, and um, you know, we'll work closely with them to uh, to um, you know secure um, some uh, temporary sort of training venues. Eight weeks of winter beach <laughs> training, hey? <laughs> Yeah, yeah well, you, don't be, you don't want to be doing beach training in in July. <laughs> Um, yeah, so challenging, but like, you Manageable. know, as a board, we, we've discussed all this mm. yep. and, um, you know, if this was a pure commercial decision, um, we probably wouldn't have gone down this path because it is a lot of yeah, yeah. disruption and, um, potentially, um, at, at no real sort of, um, monetary value to, um, to do this. But um, you know we've all club that wants to do it for the game, yeah, um, in, in Western Australia and, and more broadly, and um, we just thought as a club, no, we, we almost have an obligation if FIFA is in our venue to um, 
part of the, the World Cup, then you know we need to um, um, adhere sure to those guidelines yeah, exactly. and, and, and doing our bit for for the game yeah. and, and enjoy and, and being part of the part. This just going to be one big party for oh, for yeah. a couple of um, uh, couple of, uh, a month or whatever it is, yeah. and um, let's let's party with uh, the rest of the world and, and show them that um, you know we're fantastic. Uh, uh, in Perth, we've got some fantastic people. We're accommodating, and That's we're going to put on a good show. Mm-hmm. Jason, before we let you go, yep, I just wanted to say um, congratulations on Perth SC getting through to the night series yes, NPL well final tonight against Florida. I, th- I think between those two clubs, they've probably shared the spoils for I don't know oh, how many they years. They so. were nasty games to referee. They really were. That was, <laughs> oh. Congratulations. The game's at 7.15 at Bayswater Oval. Frank um, Drago, yep. And the grand final for the men's state league final is at 5 o'clock at Bayswater That's Oval. Yep. Just remember the COVID uh, yes. management policies, everyone, before you rock up. It is live streaming, so if you decide not to mm-hmm. go and take the chance about getting in because of the capping, etc., just go to footballwest.com.au and have a look at the live streaming there. So Dave Kindness, go Mum FC, got your message. Well done, Dave. Um, and there are Women's Night Series finals happening as well, and Perth SC have a team in the Women's Night Series. Um, they're playing uh, Balcata, uh, sorry, not the, no, playing NTC. NTC. Sorry, NTC. 5 o'clock tonight. Yep, 5 at, o'clock at Hambrook. Yep, and I think uh, the other game there is Fremantle and Curtin at 7 o'clock and the games last night, Northern Redbacks won over Subiaco, Mum FC lost to Balcata. More games still happening there. There's also a Women's State League a night series final happening. So you can go to footballwest.com.au and find out more about that. But uh, congratulations on getting yep. through to another final, Jason. Well done, Jason. Uh, and well done to Perth FC. Jason, time's got against us again, which is usually the way when Penn and I are on the uh, on the show. It's uh, we love two, to chat two, football. two of the greatest chatterbox in the uh, in the state talking about our favourite uh, our favourite sport. Jason, we really do appreciate you giving up your time today on a Saturday morning to join us on the World Football Programme. We hope we can do it again in the future sometime soon. Absolutely. My uh, my pleasure and um, I'll just uh, say Forza Azuri for uh, Forza. Yep. <laughs> That's the way. He's proud and passionate. Well done. Thank you, Jason. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jason Morocchi there from Perth Soccer Club. Hang up the line there. Hang up the line. Oh, I was going to. You always got there. I was going to. <laughs> uh, now, we've, we've still got a, uh, a guest coming up. We've got uh, Dave Wally from the uh, Dave Wally Goalkeeping Academy. I think it's called an academy. He may be able to correct me on that one. Uh, he'll be coming up after the break. Penn, to answer your question with the, uh, the World Cup training games, uh, we will have, hopefully, as Jason said, a nation base themselves for the first Uh, group stage in Perth those games will be uh, ticketed uh, from my understanding in in previous non-COVID situations there have been those games if you can remember the Socceroos when they were in South Africa they were playing a few games that were um, uh, crowds were allowed in same was the case in um, in uh, Brazil I'm sure that was the same case in uh, in in Russia but I think the Russian ones we were uh, doing our training games in Germany if you remember correctly we had those games in Germany and then flew into Russia so that could also be the situation that say for example if um, South Africa qualified they may play their warm-up games in South Africa then fly over to whichever uh, hub that they choose but hopefully there'll be um, be a nation that bases themselves in Perth and we'll get that opportunity to see uh, a, a warm-up game between two of the greatest nations in the world. Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, 
Unlikely to be the Matildas. Yep. Uh, well, it won't be the Matildas. We, no. we know that for a fact. The Matildas have already uh, been locked into play, um, depending on the draws, uh, Sydney. Yeah. And and that's fair enough. That's where the final is going to be. And often, if we go all the way back to to um, you know, history, England won the World Cup in 66. They didn't play a game outside of Wembley. Yeah. I'm so, sad about that because you know, the there was the, the opportunity that, is that from semi-final, Western Australia. Mm, the semi-final they played in that one could have been the other way around, but results went their way and they played all their games at Wembley, which was a great home advantage and the Matildas would have the same thing. Do you think um, we'll get a chance to have a chat to Dan? Or no? I don't know. We could do. Do you want to... Do we want to just call him really quickly? Go on in. Uh, Let's do it. Go to a quick break. Put some ads up. Oh, okay. Go on, okay. do it. He's you, on a road trip. Now, like five pr- minutes. We just you made me promise I wouldn't throw you under the bus. <laughs> what have you just done? <laughs> Good on you. Let's give him a quick call and just see what the purpose of his trip to Geraldton is. Okay. And we will get uh, back after these breaks. Um, you're with Penn and Hugh on the World Football Program. Stay tuned. There's plenty more to come. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies, and elite club competitions, and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's, or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport, and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 Listening to Community Radio, powered by passionate football volunteers just like myself. You can appreciate the entertainment by becoming a station member. Hi, I'm Phil Kelly, Chair of the Football West Men's State League Standing Committee. Listen in next for Western Australian local football news. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Oh my goodness, you would not believe the sweat that's happened there. What have I done? I don't know, I think you've lost him though. Have I? Oh, Penny, good on you. All right, you've got to take over. The greatest <laughs> wing lady in the world is going to take over. Test those two buttons. I'll test those two <laughs> buttons and I will try to get Dave back on. We couldn't get Dan. He uh, went to Message Bank a couple of times, but stick with us. Yep, I'll keep talking and you Go get uh, Dave back on. So Dan is on his way with Swan United up to Geraldton. They have a road trip up there. 
And I'm not quite sure if it's an annual event, but they're playing against uh, a Jilton rep team and that's going to be their part of their pre-season. Um, of course, Dan's the coach of Swan United, who had to forfeit one of their games in the night series, but uh, Dan's been at uh, Swan for a little while now. He was at Mum FC for a little while. He was at Subiaco before that with women, so he's certainly a well-rounded coach, and he was coaching in America for a while as well. We'll get him on the show next week, and he can talk about what he's been up to. But uh, Dave Wally's going to have a chat about goalkeeping stocks in Australia very shortly. Well, probably right now. Dave, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear it. Yes, I can. Eventually, I thought you forgot about me then. Yeah, no, that was my <laughs> fault. It was uh, yeah. Pen put me under the bus there, so I was under the pump. Normally, I uh, give the message. If it does go blank, that's my fault. So. Okay, <laughs> right. Okay, then. Right. Passing the book a little bit then. <laughs> yeah, we, we were trying to get, um, as Pen was saying there, we were trying to get um, Dan Evans, who's on a, a road trip up to Jero. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, uh, well done. yeah she, yep. she, she gave me a number. I rang that. That went to Message Bank. I went, I'll oh, try this number. So I had That's to ring it. that one. That went to Message Bank. And it's like, oh, crap. Now I'm, <laughs> I've got 10 yeah. seconds to go. Dave, I'm going to jump <laughs> jump in here and, and I'm going to ask you, what do you think the stocks yes. and programs are like in WA and Australia to develop goalkeepers to the best of their ability? Um, okay, so... I think there's there's maybe obviously myself there, my role I obviously try and develop young goalkeepers there. Mm-hmm. Um there are schools there, there's John Curtin School there, also there's South Coast Baptist College who have programmes there and involve um goalkeeping coaches there. Um also there are other private providers around Perth. I'm not quite sure how it's how it leads to all the east there. I do know it's a long standing goalkeeping coaching company in Queensland that's run by a guy called John Gozer who was the goalkeeping coach for many years for the um, Heather Matildas there and some of the junior um, teams there within Australia so I, I think it's becoming a little bit um, better if that's the right word to use there there's more, there's more qualified coaches out there providing a service Um so and, and I, I think uh, we're trying to get there on the right track. I remember last time I spoke to probably last year sometime, and yep. uh, probably probably there wasn't as many programs up and running there uh, as there are probably now. But I believe now it, it is getting a little bit more um, a little bit more accessible now for to, for young goalkeepers there. And then the problem there, to a certain degree, is 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 finding the young goalkeepers there who want to come on the programme. So a lot of the goalkeepers, well, a lot of young players nowadays, they want to go, uh, they'd be Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi there. So it's quite few and far between there. You can find young players who have that certain, maybe that desire there and that, that want to be, to try out to be a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. So w- what about, we want goalkeepers coming through representing Perth Glory, we want goalkeepers coming through representing Western Australia, then Adelaide United, and the Matildas and the Socceroos. <laughs> we want all of that happening. Do yeah. do you see a more than a handful of goalkeepers coming through the community in Western Australia that excite you? Well, I, I don't name names anywhere there. Um, Why not? Go on, anyway. come on. Miranda's listening. Tell anyone. Miranda's listening. She wants to hear a name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's all now. I'm not quite sure if it's coming through, but I do like the guy from Perth Glory, Cameron Cook. Yep. Um, so I, do I. I don't know him personally, I don't know yep. him personally, but I, I've come across him when 
Inglewood and the team I've been working there for the past seven years where you play against him. So he's, I think he's got a really sort of good attitude there. I think he's got the, the, the physique there. He seems to have that the psychological side there to want to do well. Hence he's played, I'm not quite sure, four or five games when, when the, the first team, probably the first two goalkeepers have been out injured there. So I think yeah. he's a, a good young goalkeeper to come across there. I do know, as a young goalkeeper there who I've been looked at for the past couple of years there, he doesn't know this, mind you, a lot of play for a Perth soccer club, a guy called Adrian Singer. I do like him. Uh, but he's now he's gone playing for Perth Law under 18, so I think he's a young guy there with potential. And also, I, I, I don't want to push it too far. We have a couple of good guy, good young goalkeepers at Inglewood uh, who have got like high hopes for for the club there. So, um, yeah, the so we've got... Go on, Dave, mention the name Well, yeah, I mentioned it. I, I do like the young guy lad called James Lindsay mm-hmm. who's involved with us at Inglewood and also there's a guy there called Anthony Lance who's who's now been promoted to play for under 18's team there so uh, I've got high hopes for those those two guys there's no, no one knows where they're going to go to within two or three years time but this moment in time I do feel they've got the probably attributes and um, to push on and more importantly for me they have that certain desire there and determination and um, they'll come training when it's a bit wet and a bit windy and maybe they might be a little bit injured there so I do like that sort of attitude that they have there I think that gives them gives them a good chance of pushing on there and moving on to the next level Dave a lot of people have the well I was going to say misconception but the belief that goalkeepers mature later in their playing career Mm -hmm. do do you uh, do you stand on on that uh, that platform or not well I, I think it's true I think it's true. You look, you look at the stats now, you see, remember, from, I'm, I'm from the 1966 model there, so you look at Peter Shaw, and he played till he was about 40. You look at Buffon now. Duno, Dino's off. I mean, he, he was 41 when he, he lifted the World Cup for Italy as captain. Yeah. Yeah, so, he, so he's, he's now, what, he's, he's 46, well, 44 years old. They signed the contract in Italy. They had to play till 46. So That's right, he did too, yes. yes. Mm, so it's just unbelievable. And uh, I think if you can look after yourself, uh, you look after yourself there. Who knows how long you can play for? I mean, how, even how, even over here now. Shilton played over a thousand uh, games, didn't he? Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you look at people like um, Ray Clements, there he's yeah. played a long time. You look at people like Ben Foster, who plays for for Watford. He's played for a number of years there. And if you, I think if you look after yourself, um, you can you can push on and play well into your forties there, especially with the advancement nowadays of of sports science there, and yep. the players now have a. An understanding now, if you look after yourself, you get a longer contract, and you get a longer contract, you get probably a bit more money there as well. So, yeah. <laughs> now, you've mentioned some of the, uh, again, Penn and I were speaking off air, Penn with her goalkeeper background, and I used to be uh, the, hmm. back in the day when we, there was only three subs, I was the, whoops, the goalkeeper's injured, sent off, whatever. I, I used to get thrown yeah. in there. Um, the English uh, model used to be the one to, to follow. It's, like you say, you've just mentioned some of the, the, the greatest goalkeepers that England have ever seen. How have they mm. gone so far down the stock when a, a player from my club, West Bromwich Albion, Sam Johnson, can be considered the number one goalkeeper in, in the country when he's in a, and I hate, I hate to say it, they're a mid-table championship side? Mm-hmm. I suppose that the way I probably see that, and obviously it was at Man United there when they had the higher day still there, and I think they had Lee Grant and Lingard was there. So probably definitely higher there, probably one of the top keepers in the world there when, when Johnson was there. So his opportunities were quite limited. Yep. And probably then when he left Man United maybe three, four years ago, whenever he left there, yep. probably all the all the top, top teams had obviously foreign international goalkeepers playing for them. So his opportunities then were probably quite limited. So 
hence that's why he's gone to, to West Brom. When he went there, that was a Premiership club there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, if, if you look at it in the whole, the, in the scale of football in the world, Premiership team is the top top league in the world there. He's playing for one of the top 20 teams in the world in the goal. So I, I think with Sam Johnson there, he, he had to leave there. And I think West Brom was probably a good sort of move for him there. <laughs> he wants out now, that's for sure. Now, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Dave, yeah. you've got some holiday clinics coming up. Do you want to uh, promote those? Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah so... Um, this is your forum. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah, so I, I, I tend to run um, goalkeeping clinics um, during the school holidays there, so I've got one up and running in April. That's going to be April the 12th, 13th, yep. 14th. That's going to be run at... Um, John Kirk in School Oval. Um, we're going to go for three days there, eight o'clock to eleven o'clock. And um, so far, I've, it's been I've had a quite a good response. I like to leave it to maybe maximum maybe twelve to fourteen young goalkeepers mm-hmm. there, so they'll get sort of maximum attention of me and the assistant coaches there. So um, so that's going to be running in uh, in three or four weeks time. So um, and also one of the um, bit of a bonus there for the for the attendees. I I, I work with um, a goalkeeping coach, a guy called Tony Elliott, who's um, probably not one of the most well known goalkeeping coaches, um, ex players, but he's played about two hundred fifty league and cup games in England. But he's an absolute fantastic goalkeeping coach. He works there with the, the England Blind and England Deaf team. He's also worked there with England CP team. So part of the bonus of attending the the clinics is on the Friday we're going to have a, a Zoom chat with Tony. Um, about all things goalkeeping there, and all the all the attendees there can um, ask questions, whatever they want to ask him. I'm pretty sure that Tony will give you a, a pretty a comprehensive answer in regards to what the young the young kids ask. So, um, so yeah, so that'll be in the Easter holidays. So um, now, now, Dave. Um Miranda Templeman, um, whom is part of our team and mm-hmm. comes on and chats football. Now she's uh, part of a A League women. Uh, final series with uh, Adelaide, yeah. so yep. she's moved from mm. Perth and done a, done a great job there. But uh, you're part of her inspiration gossip. and uh, gossip. We want gossip. <coughs> I, well, I, don't don't worry about him. That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> right? Um, that you're an inspiration and a and a mentor for Miranda. Yeah. So tell us some things about female yes. goalkeepers. So uh, you know, besides Miranda, do you have any other young and up and coming? Goalkeepers from WA. That's what we want to hear, right? We want to hear yes. who's going to be the next Perth Glory goalkeeper. You should be the person to know that. And if it's not going to be Miranda or Morgan Aquino, uh, uh, mm. who is it going to be? Well, the thing is, with that, I'm not really involved with the Perth Glory females anymore. No. So all I can do is just speak about the young Out of the community, Dave. Yep, what yep. you see. <laughs> right. So I work with a young girl called Zora Board. Okay, I've worked with Zora for a long time, and she's now involved. FC. Penny knows yes, her. Yes, she was. Uh, yep. Yeah, so Zora now, she's actually moved on to Subiaco there. Yep. And I didn't speak before about young goalkeepers having that desire and determination there. And she's got that in bucket load there, as, yep. uh, as Zora there. So yeah, I, I can't say she'll play for Perth Glory there, but she does have the fundamentals there to try and push on and try and get to that sort of level there. Um, I, I, I think in, in regards to the question there, when the young goalkeepers get to maybe year 12 at school, I think that's really critical. Um, so... Mm-hmm. Some maybe um, um, find the year 12 is a little bit too hard work to pack in everything there in regards to school, in regards to um, training, in regards to part-time jobs there. So I think if the, the, the young goalkeepers at year 12 can get through that, I think then they can really push on there. Particularly Zara, she can push on through that. I think she's got a good chance of getting to that 
next level. I agree with you, mm. and I think we talk about this uh, every year, and we will mm. do for the rest of eternity, that in, in the age of 14 to 16, for both boys and yeah. girls, it's a real critical age oh, yeah. of, of growth oh, yeah. and influence yeah. and, and everything about life. De- oh, definitely, and sometimes it's hard for them because they've not experienced that before. So, um, and, and I find part of my role now, as well as being a goalkeeping coach, is almost trying to be a bit of a mentor figure for these young players right. because you can see sometimes struggling a bit with trading. It's definitely not through lack of effort there. Sometimes they might have competing sort of influences, um, get the schoolwork in there, yes. get the tape work in there, training and everything. So, I do understand that. So, it is quite hard for these for these young kids, but they need to try and work out and uh, what's the best way to deal with that scenario. Yeah, man- management, and that's not just yeah. uh, with goalkeeping, it's management of, of life, and kids are so damn enthusiastic, and all the opportunities they have out there, mum and dad don't want to say no. So sometimes no, they can right. be training with a club, with a school, uh, with a yeah. specialist uh, program as well, and then they've got their games, and that's a lot of football for a lot of growth, oh, yeah. and it can be a lot of damage and injury as well. Yeah. No, it is, it is, and um, but I think nowadays, though, I think it's improved in regards to my the influence now of sports science. Yeah, um, that 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 comes into play a little bit now. So you got there. So, for example, when I started coaching many years ago, there's no such thing as activation there and cool down. It's a case of like <laughs> kick a few balls and, and, and off you go there. But now it's yep. it's an important part of the of the session structure is the activation there, warm up and yep. have a pro- proper sort of maybe organised, developed coaching session. So that, that comes into play and and. Um, and I think that does. I know I can speak personally now in regards to my sessions. There, uh, I'm quite, I'm quite comfortable and happy that that's definitely um, decreased the injuries. I'm quite proud to say I don't get many injured in my sessions. Then I'm pretty sure that's with the the activation work, the proper wall up and proper proper cool down there as well. So, oh, I, um, I think that's really important. Then, and the critical part of that is that you're talking about it and we're talking about it. But the kids in their opportunities mm. and their exposure to all these different programs are being educated yeah. to what is right yeah. and wrong and what they should and shouldn't be doing to look after themselves. Whereas before yeah, they just definitely. jump in and they do it, and then they'd have to rehab or get some management afterwards. Now the yeah. the programs are more okay. How do we activate properly? How do yeah. we educate and manage you before you get to that place? Yeah, definitely. And I think that sometimes that's the benefit I mentioned before in the early piece there, but about most of the young goalkeepers now, they do attend either Perth Glory or the South Coast or John Curtin there. So there's a little bit of education gone into them with the outfield sessions there. So there, the activation there, the warm-up cool down has been drilled into them. So even with my particular sessions, all the sessions I do, um, all the young kids come there 10 minutes prior to the proper session starting, they need to do the activation. And then they can do the activation and they can have a bit of a chat and a bit of a joke and everything. But when you're doing the activation, that's when the proper work sort of starts there. So that's been great into those young kids now, 9, 10, 11 years old there. So mm. it's good. Yeah, well, and, and young too. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. To, so I've probably got in my set, I've got one lad there um, who comes to my Saturday morning sessions and um, he's 9 years old. Wow. He, he, he's 9 years old. <laughs> he's, he's just, he's just, so, so he wants to get there, do Sounds his keen. stuff. He's so focused there. Want, yeah, and at nine years old, that's ingrained into him now. So um, that's great. And so you can really work with that young goalkeeper now. So who knows what's going to be like when he's 13, 14 there. Well, with that really good desire and attitude. Well, 23, 33. Yeah, well, so... Yeah, of course. So yeah, if, if we talk about a goalkeeper yeah. going into their 40s, if they're starting being trained at to be a goalkeeper when they're like yeah. eight or nine, maybe they're going to be the peak goalkeeper they're going to be when they're like 19 or 20 rather than 35 well, or 40. Mm. Yeah, that's a good goal. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, Dave, yeah. I've got a question for you. Here we go. What, yeah. do we, what do we need to do? What can we be doing more of to mm. produce more West Australian goalkeepers? Yeah, I mean, Zabika, um, the... Vince mm. Matassa. Yeah. Um, Tommy Morass. Tommy Morass. Yeah. Lady Williams. Oh, do, you know, yeah. do you know, with that question there, I just don't know what the answer is. Okay. I, just don't, I just don't know what, what the answer is there to because I, I look around now and, and I say there are better... Sorry, better young goalkeepers coming through. But it gets to a certain age there, and I, I don't, I don't know why they stop. I don't know why they don't push on there. So, look, for example, like this, looking around, her, she's had to leave WA yeah. to go over to yeah. over there to get a chance. So, that's not because I believe she's not good enough. It's yeah. maybe the opportunities are just not quite, quite there. Yes. Um, so that, that's the way I tend to view it. It's more a case of the goalkeepers could be good enough, but maybe the opportunity not presents himself at yeah. this particular moment in time. Mark Birrigetti is another example. Birrigetti, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, for, that's exactly right. Yeah, he's mm. gone on to a, yeah. an excellent career, but um, for whatever reason, mm. the opportunity to, to further that career in Perth was, wasn't there. Yes. Yeah, but talent was there. Also, I, I, I do think as well, if you look at some, some sort of professional clubs there, and I use the A-League as an example there, yep. the majority of the goalkeepers there are goalkeepers with a large number of games behind them. Mm-hmm. Not ma- not many of them have young goalkeepers. I know we spoke about before about Cameron Cookies played there, but I presume that's well. I'm I'm, I'm thinking there that's because Reddy and um, and Brad Jones were ill. Uh, yeah. Injured, yeah, yeah. So I'm not quite away, sure yeah. if they would have got the opportunity if if they were both fit. He's so, done really well. Uh, Hmm. Oh, oh, I think he's. I think he's got some real potentials as Cameron Cook there. Yeah. So yeah. I, Dave, I, think, I think that's a good. Hmm. Sorry, mate. We, we, yeah, I'd love to talk about Cameron Cook for the, for the rest of the show, which is about two yeah. more minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. unfortunately, we're going to have to, uh, to to cut cut this short. So, we really do appreciate you coming on. Lastly, for those that are interested in uh, in little Johnny or Joan becoming a goalkeeper, how do we get in contact with you? Well, you, you can give me a call on zero four zero one. Two eight eight one five two, or you can give my my email address is it's Dave at um, Dave Wally Goalkeeping um, dot coach. Oh, so that's yeah. Dave at Dave Wally Goalkeeping dot coach, and my number is zero four zero one two double eight one five two, and also available to be found on Facebook. Yeah, just type yes, in Dave Wally yeah. and yeah. you'll come up with something that's goalkeeping. It. Yeah, that's uh, good one, Dave. Instagram as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Dave, thank you very much for joining us on the World Football Programme. As I say, we yeah. uh, we had a, a rather extensive interview with uh, Mr Tony Sage uh, in the middle of the show, which pushed time oh, yeah. constraints uh, okay. against us. And I do blame Penn for your time do being it. a little bit shorter because <laughs> she threw me under the bus, promised that I wouldn't throw her under the bus, and she put me under the bus <laughs> with... Testing uh, your skills. With, yeah. Trying to get Dan on, which, <laughs> you know, as you found out, was so good. impacted you. <laughs> You've done a great job, Dave. Thank you for chatting with Thanks us. Thanks for joining no, us, thank Dave. You. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Yeah, thank we look forward to having you again in the future. Thank you, you very much, thank Dave. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, bye. All the best. That uh, Dave was Wally. Dave Wally. Goalkeeper Love extraordinaire. Love it. And that has got us to the end of the show. Penny, thank you very much for being the greatest wing person. And throwing under the bus yeah. person. Yeah, and that's okay. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm still in front. I reckon I'm, it's probably about 6-1 yeah. at the moment. You, you, you <laughs> far outstrip anyone else, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> no problem whatsoever. We'd like to thank all our sponsors for helping us put on this program. Uh, we couldn't do it without them. We couldn't do it without you out there listening to us. Uh, coming up next is Len with Bags Groove, so please stay tuned to that. He's got some excellent uh, tunes lined up for you, as is the case all the way through the show.
See Once you, more, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us. Enjoy your football for Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your football. Make sure you've got your documentation for with you if you want to go and see any of those games that Penny has uh, highlighted or if you're going to the glory later on tonight. Thanks for joining us. Join us again next week at the same time. You're listening to the World Football Program on 107.9 Radio Fremantle. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.